Romans 3, I want to bring a message tonight that has been on my mind for this study of the gospel for a long time. Many times we've done a textual study of a particular passage on the gospel, and this is more of a topical theological approach. But this is one of the topics that I find to be very helpful individually and very essential when it comes to um, anyone who preaches, anyone in the gospel ministry needs to understand what I'll go through tonight. So my desire is that I'll present this to you plainly, but with the Lord's strength. So that's my hope. Romans 3.28 says this. We hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, let's consider the law and the gospel. Father, help us as we consider your word tonight. Help us to understand what you've said and laid out. May certain things tonight be plain for us. And may we be excited by understanding And may we be delighted by seeing how you have loved us. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. In the movies, the good guys find the bad guy's bomb. And the hero is faced with the ultimate decision. Do I cut the blue wire or do I cut the red wire? You see, if you get it wrong, you die. Well, the same kind of problem faces all mankind in his relationship with the Creator God. Instead of a blue and a red wire, however, the choices are the law and the gospel. And we need to know what they are and which one will save us from destruction. Well, what's the law? The law refers to God's commandments for mankind. The law of the land are the regulations of government. So the law of God are his regulations for man. And God's law is displayed in the Ten Commandments, in the Ten Words. And you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. Remember the Sabbath. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder, commit adultery, steal, lie, or covet. And all that comes from Exodus 20. We have God's law put into ten words the Ten Commandments. But Jesus summarized the law in a single word. You turn to Matthew 22, we see the lawyer approach Jesus with a question. Matthew 22, verses 35 and following. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So Jesus boiled God's law down to one word. Love. Love God. The law of God is to love God 100%. And that is to say that loving anything or anyone else is a transgression of the law. But here's a question. How could Jesus immediately cite 
the commandment to love one's neighbor. If the command is to love God wholeheartedly, well, if we're going to answer that question, we need to see there is a connection between the two commandments. That is, loving our neighbor must be a means of loving God ultimately. The choice to love the one next to you must be an expression of your love for the one above you. So to give an example of that, we are commanded to love our spouses. And we are commanded to do so not in any way because of their being lovable or unlovable, but because loving our spouses is a way in which we show we love God. So that's why we should love our spouses on good days and on days that are not so easy to love our spouses. Because all the laws of God have one end, to love God. God's law is to love him. And Romans 13.10 says that love is the fulfilling of the law. The law is to love Now, what's the gospel? Well, the gospel is the good news that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for sinners. And the gospel refers to significant historic events in the life of Jesus performed on the behalf of sinners. You see, he completely obeyed the precepts of the law for sinners. Romans 5.19 says, By one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Christ obeyed the precepts of the law for the sinners who did not. And Christ also completely paid the penalty for the law for sinners. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? By becoming a curse for us. You see, he died for our sin and lived for our righteousness. He loved God perfectly and paid the price for those who didn't. The gospel is historical events in the life of Jesus Christ performed on behalf of sinners. But we can boil that down a bit. The gospel is the good news that God loved us. And that's how the scriptures boil down what God did. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4.10, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Ephesians 5.2, Jesus Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In 2 Thessalonians 2.16, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. You see, what these verses teach us is that what God has done for us is summarized in He loved us. So, to summarize, the law says this, love God. The gospel says this, God loved us. The one shouts, love the other sings, loved. One speaks of what we must do. The other speaks of what has been done. One is the law and the other is the gospel. 
Now which one will keep us from destruction? Well, will the law keep us from destruction? Leviticus 18.5 says, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Romans 2.13 says, It is the doers of the law who will be justified. So the one who does what God commands will be justified. Absolutely. However, Deuteronomy 27.26, Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. The law is like a pane of glass. One crack in the glass and it's broken. You keep the whole law but fail in one point, guilty of all of it. Romans 3.20, For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. While it is true that the one who does what God commands will be justified, no one will be justified by God because no one has kept the law perfectly. No one has perfectly loved God. And perhaps there are times that we have loved our fellow man, but even our best deeds, the Bible teaches, are filthy rags. And especially because those are not done ultimately for God's sake. So the law will not keep a man from destruction. The answer is not in the law. But will the gospel keep us from destruction? I read from the Net Bible, but John 3.16, This is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. 1 John 4.9, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In Romans 4.5, To the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness. So the one who believes is justified, and the one who believes is saved. Romans 10.10 With the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So knowing the difference in the nature of the law and the gospel is extremely important, because by it one can be saved. And because by it, one can know if he has been saved. And by it, we may know if other people are saved. So in the movies, the hero faces the challenge of cutting the right wire so that the bomb won't explode. And in life, everyone is faced with destruction. And he may choose the law to love God, which will end in failure. Or he may choose the gospel to that God loved us, which will end in eternal life. You see, the question is simple. Love or loved? Father, we ask that you'll solidify this in our hearts and consider what you've done for us because we could not do it ourselves. We stand in debt to you, Lord. We are debtors to grace. And therefore, may we always, with fullness of heart, sing Amazing Grace that saved a wretch like me. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.